Is that Glock? Well, I'm tripping major nutsack right now. Oh, send him! Welcome to the world of winning. Hello and welcome back to an edition of the Switchback Formula 1 podcast. My name is Graham, and joining me as always, it's the, uh, oh, he's the very uh, competent stewards team that we had in Singapore this weekend. It's, uh, it's Luke Holmes. <laughs> How are we doing, Graham? Hi. Not too shabby. How's things? Fantastic. Almost as quick and good this weekend as the uh, safety car being deployed at the Singapore Grand Prix. So <laughs> I, I might get deployed a little bit quicker, though. I don't know. I reckon you could run out and run around the track and be quicker than the, the deployment of uh, some of these. Uh, some of these. The red flag on uh, the qual and qualifying as well was also stupidly long to deploy. Like you knew the crash had happened. It was a pretty, oh, yeah. it was a pretty big one. Um, we we could we can insta red flag that. That's that's okay. I've, in fact, Oscar Piastri was arguably lucky not to come off worse than he actually did. Very lucky. It was very very close, wasn't it? I was very scared when I saw it come in. Because he was still carrying some decent speed into that last corner. He was yeah. a double yellow, but that that, that should have been an instant red flag. There's there's no excuse for that not to be. But... Yeah. Well, no, a car just sitting on the racing line. Without any ability to move, isn't a safety car or a safety car isn't an instant red? Apparently, makes no sense to me. Yeah, it was a weird one. It wasn't the only strange one over the weekend, but we'll uh, we'll get to that. But yeah, we're we're recording this not too long after what was a pretty damn uh, eventful Singapore Grand Prix, uh, a fantastic Singapore Grand Prix, an instant classic of a Singapore Grand Prix, one that was won by. We have a new winner! Hooray! This in twenty twenty three. It's Carlos Sainz who took his second career victory ahead of Lando Norris in second, with Lewis Hamilton rounding at the podium in third ahead of Charlie Leclerc. Max Verstappen only managing fifth from his difficult Saturday ahead of Pierre Gasly. Oscar Piastri, Sergio Perez, Liam Lawson collecting his first points in F1 in his third race, and Kevin Maxson rounding out the top ten there in the points. And immediately, like that's the kind of race we have. Like when we've got, you know, we've got. Verstappen coming up from 11th, Piastri coming up from 17th, Lawson and uh, Magnussen scoring points. It kind of tells you what kind of uh, chaotic race this actually ended up being in the end. It was controlled chaos. That's the thing, wasn't it? I think that would sort of sum it up quite nicely. Yeah, I, re- I think so. Like, you could. We'll kind of. Why don't we tackle. Saturday first because it very much sets the stage up for the events that happened a couple on of Sunday. Yeah, um, mostly the obviously this weekend we knew that the technical directive was coming into effect. We knew as well that a lot of teams were bringing quite a number of upgrades. We knew Alpine were bringing upgrades. We knew well, we ended up finding out McLaren were bringing upgrades, but only for Norris's car with Piastri getting these these next upgrades in Japan this coming week. We yep. knew that, well, Afatari ended up bringing some upgrades. So a lot of teams across the board brought upgrades. And then we came the news that uh, Haas are going to be bringing a major update, becoming the last team to finally go with this downward wash concept on the sides. That's coming in Kota. And they've already described that as Christmas coming early. So then it seems like that'll be, and they're also describing it as their biggest in-season update ever. <laughs> Just as big as last year's, no? <laughs> for their only one last year, yeah. We're hungry, yeah. Great. So uh, that bodes well for them, but lots of upgrades across the board. 
Uh, but the Saturday, uh, Red, Red Bull have all also brought upgrades, specifically to their floor. But they ended up going back to their original floor on Saturday, having ran it on Friday. So we, we don't believe this is to do with the technical uh, with the, the technical directive that came into place. But they're just running a. They decided to go back to what was true and tested was what Christian Horner have said uh, about the uh, the floor. Sorry, it was a Paul Mullen actually said it was true and tested. One, the two. Anyway. Uh, Q2 comes along. We'll, we'll go through some of the nuances that affected the specific drivers involved when we get to them. But just for the, in terms of say of the rest of the weekend, because we talked about could this be the one weekend where Red Bull could be upset? We both thought it was a possibility. Uh, it's, it has, evidence in the past has suggested that, and this hasn't been always been the best of Red Bull tracks, despite how you might think in the past it would favour a car like that and how they've developed over the across the hybrid era. But last year was only their first. Uh, victory at this track in the hybrid era and Verstappen has never taken victory here yeah and Antonio Giovinazzi has led more laps than Max at Singapore <laughs> yeah which is one of the stars of the weekend I think 100% uh, that was yeah I loved that well, I think it was uh, Will Box I was talking about that on the pre the, the pre weekend show I thought that was, uh, that, was a, that was a great uh, that was a great start but yeah but that says in part some of what has been the dynamic at this track and we've seen it before chipping up Mercedes when they were at their peak so, but yeah, Q2, uh, Sergio Perez stuff, stuffs his lap. He, he, yep. he mentioned that there was like a power, there was some sort of issue that he was managing or there's some issue regarding deployment of, of a sort that ruined his lap. But his lap was ruined before he really got to turn three. So I, I don't quite yeah. know what the story was there. The um, pointy... He had a very over-pointy front end, is what both Red Bull drivers were saying, which made the back end really like unstable. So then, hence him sort of losing it in turn one slash turn two, if you know where mm. I mean. Verstappen so, also had caught a big moment coming out on his final lap in that part of the track as well. Which, which ruined it, basically. Pretty and much. Basically knocked him out. Yeah, yeah between like the track across the, the mostly Q1 and Q2, the track evolution was quite... a. Uh, was quite substantial and with the improvements that came with the track in in a uh, in q2 i thought perhaps he was going to shithouse his way in again like he had at was it zanvoort where yeah, again just... ghastly missed out knocking him out but this time liam lawson came through to of uh, all people to knock through you say of all people actually the, i thought the bigger surprise was the two has cars make it through the q3 yeah it was but you've also got to realize that Piastri had been taken out of the situation, so there's one spot. You're probably Lance Lance's car probably would have got in if he had a competent driver in his place. So there is that, and Gasly just isn't a qualifier, really, is he? Not I really, remember. no. Which is surprising, but yeah, there, there's two cars straight away that could could take the spots of the Hasses. But yeah, surprising, but then again, not. But I was expecting it, maybe one Hass, but not both. Yeah, certainly. But like, it was, it was kind of only after the after because the the big shock, of course, is that both Red Bulls are knocked out in Q two. It's only really afterwards that I realized, oh shoot, both Hasses got through the Q three. Yeah, I saw. Like, I was sat there watching Q three, and I was like, oh, they're both in. Yeah. Okay. I just didn't. I didn't realize because it was just it was just a shock because we were so focused on the fact that this dominant force this year, one of the greatest cars ever created in the sport, given it's it's, it's, it's just won 15 races in a row, 14 for the season, that they're both knocked out in Q2, which is uh, quite remarkable. But it set up what was to come for Q3. It was basically a 
who wants it? Like, who who wants it? Who wants pole? Who wants a chance to uh, take pole position at a track that is notoriously difficult to overtake? And that, I think that was still pretty much the case despite the track changes. The, to be honest, we're not really made for overtaking in mind. There are other uh, developments Development, yeah. going on in, uh, in the cities that uh, I believe it's to do with a local arena. Yeah, so it's like this for two years and then it's coming back to the original layout. Hmm. In a couple of years, but I don't, I don't, I'm not bothered about going back. To be honest, I prefer the old layout. But I, I think this this one sell more opportunities personally. But it did for one moment later in the race, which we'll talk about. But it's a but the Red Bull knockout not uh, set up Q3, and Ferrari had looked pretty strong throughout the weekend. So did the Mercedes. In the end, it was Sainz who set the first, who set the got laid the gauntlet for the final laps. And I really thought behind, I thought Leclerc might have knocked him off, but no, that ended up falling short. But Russell was the one I really thought was going to upset the order here. I thought Russell was going to come through and steal a pole position at the end. But uh, no, not to be. I think it was 700 he missed out on in the end. And Carlos Sainz very close. took a pole position. It was it was a close session. Like It was a it was a hair-raising session. I don't know about you. My heart was going mad for the uh, for the final laps. It was really my, my My heart was racing for both the race and qualifying. It was ridiculous. Mm. It was to say they weren't that on edge laps, to be honest, but it was still the intensity without the Red Bulls in there, which we've been saying all year. You take them out of the equation for yeah. a win or pole, and suddenly it gets very, very exciting. Yeah, very much so. Like, we've because even though Saturdays have been close, when Verstappen does end up putting the lap, it's like, oh, damn. seven times clear, and you're just like, oh. Well, okay. no, like, there's been more than a few occasions where it's only been a few hundreds, whether that be head of Norris or Leclerc or something. But the qualifying has been pretty close on uh, between everyone, including Red Bull at times. But yeah, very much, they were very much out of the out of the play. And then the okay, the so Grand Prix Sunday, basically you could break this race down into three different parts. Uh, one being the race start, which worked in Ferrari's favour because they got the desired result that they wanted to because Charlie Leclerc started on the softs. They jumped Russell. I was surprised they managed to do so because it's easier said than done. Like, just because you start in a softer compound doesn't guarantee that you're going to actually go through. And it's not the longest run down to uh, turn one here at Singapore. It's really not. But for some some strange reason, Ferrari went for it. And it, it really worked. It worked. And I was like, oh my God, Ferrari have done something clever here. This, this makes perfect sense. Split the strategies. You can go for the undercourt. You can protect while the other one drives off and slow the pack down, control the pace. That's basically what Singapore is of, of recent times because of how mm. shit whereas And a two-stop not being valid because the pit, pit lane is just too long and too much time is lost. So they're actually using their brain so once. It, it baffled me a little bit. I won't lie. <laughs> Yeah, like going on the softs allowed them to do what basically, if you saw the 2019 races, I don't know what lap it was in 2019, but everyone was very close together. And then the race leader decided, right, go for it. I mean, which I think it was actually, it was Leclerc at the time. Uh, who was, was, yeah. was leading that race as well. And that's what this race was until lap 20. We actually never got to go time in the end because by that 20, Logan Sargent had stuffed his... Uh, and like I guess which for others, I guess others for the race start. I mean, you had Perez taking out Sonoda. Uh, you had Verstappen making up a few places, but eventually settling in behind the Ocon and Alonso scrap that was going on. Yeah. Uh, who else? Uh, that's really uh, you, uh, a few other movers around here and there. Yeah, that was about it, wasn't it? I was just going to say Magnussen was just sort of 
holding position. Yeah, but that was holding yeah. everybody back. Basically, he was he was ahead of Ocon, Alonso, and then Verstappen. But they kind of they all had their turns kind of spreading out a bit. You do Hamilton going across the track, saying Russell pushed him off. I I don't think he believed it. I think it was just they're just trying to justify him. I guess trying to keep like he went. I went down to the uh, side of the track because there was no other space there. I don't think Russell pushed him. I don't think I don't think he believes that either. But no, anyway. no, definitely not. It was just to try and get in front of Lando. Yeah, from Orlando. that didn't work. They uh, they gave the position back to Russell, and then they ended up giving the position back to Norris once the incident had been noted. And I think that was the wise thing to do. I, was, I thought they were going to ponder on that one and let themselves get a five second penalty, but no, they. I think it was they made the correct choice to uh, file back in behind Norris. It was frustrating for Hamilton, I'm sure, I know, but uh, it's just not worth five Both seconds. Tense. That. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, and then lap twenty occurred where Sergeant. Uh, put the car in the wall at turn, turn eight, turn nine. Yeah, that section. The after the straight. Uh, he put it in there and got the car out, but had the front wing under him, and the safety car was deployed. Now I, I can understand the apprehension, but I think with how because you can see actually watching the watching the the world feed, the bits that were breaking away from Sergeant at various parts of the track different parts yeah. of the track you couldn't it, i don't think it was a case you could cover under a vsc to one area there were multiple parts of the track that were affected and i think ultimately i think it's just it was the it's not it's it's i don't think it's it doesn't look great but i think it was the right call just because it, you don't you don't want to mess around when you've seen the bits break off and they're scattered the various parts of the track it's it's just not worth it i i think it's I'm sure it was difficult for some to understand, but I think it was the on balance the right call to bring out the safety car. Oh yeah, definitely. There's just too many bits everywhere. There's still it. The safety car went on for way too long. I'll say that what it was, but I'm guessing they were seeing bits that weren't seen, and then they bring all them in, and then they'd find some more, and they'd have to go back out and get that. And yeah, it's not the easiest to spot carbon fiber on uh, on a black track, I guess. No, not the easiest to uh, spot. But uh, that obviously created our next situation where it's basically perfect for the medium runners because they could, well, not maybe not perfect, but more ideal for the medium runners who came in to box for hards, uh, which obviously was the tyre that the Red Bulls started on. So they stayed out for track position. That was a, that was a terrible time for them. That could not have come out a worse time for, for those guys. Yeah, it really couldn't. They, they were literally stuffed at that point. Yeah. And... Verstappen didn't even get the benefit of getting track position on Sainz, who still stayed out in front. Uh, Perez filed into fourth, but they those guys got swallowed very quickly on the safety car restart. Uh, so Sainz quickly made his way through Russell, uh, Norris, and Hamilton, who had both jumped Leclerc in the pits due to the double stack, and I think Leclerc hanging back a little bit too much. And yeah, we kind of went again. The race stabilized eventually. Uh, Perez's tires went off. He kept Alonso behind for a bit and got in a little scrap with him. And then that brought Ocon into the fray and Ocon got by. And then then eventually they, they all flew past Perez and he had to come in for mediums and they did the same for uh, for Verstappen. And after that, we got our virtual safety car for Esteban Ocon's retirement uh, at the end of the pit lane. A nice spot for him to file into, uh, so to speak. But it was, I believe it was a gearbox issue. Yeah, it was stuck in safe gear. Hmm. So that brought, uh, it's much to his frustration, but we'll get to that later. But that brought uh, the VSC. At this point, 
Mercedes and Russell was very keen. Like Russell was absolutely adamant. I want to box opposite to sites. Absolutely yeah. adamant. They had a fresh set of mediums to play with. They made the right move. Both Mercedes made the right move to come into the pits to uh, at that point to uh, make a stop, even though it dropped them about 15 seconds behind. Yeah, because the tyres had been on 25 laps at that point and they got another, what, 20 at least to do to get to the end of the race. And I don't believe anybody taking the hards that far. And they, I, thought, I think they had an understanding that they could do the that stint, but it'd be literally cutthroat if it goes you might get a puncture and yeah so i think mercedes played it absolutely spot on and because everybody was sort of controlling the pace it sort of left a window of pace that could be used for the hard runners but it was a little too late at that point because the gap had basically was going to get absolutely eaten into by at least two three seconds a lap by the mercs the, the, the thing is like the heart would have easily gone to the end it's just Nothing was yeah. changing out the front. Like with Russell, like it was the race was very much managed by science. Nothing was changing at the front. Uh, it was very well managed race by science. But like uh, Russell was like not closer to make a move. He was always in that kind of second range. But so it made sense for, the, for them to do something different. And by them pushing hard on a new set of mediums, it would force science and the others to pick up the pace more than maybe what they would have been comfortable with on a, that set of hearts to go to the end. So. It really forced a, it, it forced a dynamic, and then we had an absolutely fascinating chase down the two Mercedes chasing down Science, Norris, Leclerc, and well, there's, well, there's Vash Leclerc easily because he he was left out and he kind of got shafted really. But it was after that, so they they caught up then to Science and Norris. Science was out of DRS range of Norris, and then. Science brilliantly, and we know he's one of the shrewdest operators uh, on on the grid. We know he's an extremely intelligent driver. He brought Norris into his DRS to protect him from the Mercedes, protect him, protect both of them, I think, from the Mercedes more so, because yeah, he because he knew like if they overtake Norris, it's game over. Oh yeah, no, they would have outtractioned him easily. They might not have been able to get past through the corners, whatever. But on traction, them new mediums was an absolute. Mince, make mince me of all the cars on hards. There were no match. So if they set them up in the right way, then they could easily get past them on one of the new straights or any, anywhere, really. So science knew the best option was to keep a DRS train going. And it worked. Like It did work. It Russell, so clever. Russell got one chance heading down that new straight, which there wasn't a DRS zone for us, which much, was much to Hamilton's chagrin. And I think, really, had there been a DRS zone there... I don't know if anything would have changed because like, Norris would have had it as well. But we certainly got... That was the new bit of action we got with that new part of the track. Russell had a go. Norris defended it. He said he finally had a little bit more straight line speed for a change, which again goes back to some of the maybe the more draggy nature of the... Uh, and I think it speaks to two things. One, the Mercedes still has not, not got enough grunt in a straight line. But also how much McLaren, who also would have been in a similar kind of boat, who's, their car's been quite draggy uh, earlier this season. Boat. Yeah, literally. Uh, was able to just gain that little bit of margin on the straight just to get enough to uh, prevent Russell from coming through. That was the, that was Russell's one chance, really, to get that right. And then it, nothing concrete opened up. He went, he tried, just, it just wasn't enough in the end. Yeah, and then the laps started ticking down. And ticking down, the medium star wearing... I think they would have still been quicker than the hards at that point, but... Oh, easily. It's... 
Yeah, sitting in the dirty air as close as they was. All four cars were separated by literally like one and a half seconds. It was, it was amazing to much. watch, wasn't it? It's not we've had that, not had that for a long time. No, three teams as well in the mix, and that wasn't that didn't even include a Red Bull, which was, which was crazy. Yeah, which is good. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, in the end, though, it, like it, it worked out. Science, he did what he had to do. He kept Norris as his friend. Was it the enemy of my enemy is my friend, and that's when has science and, and Norris did. And then Russell then crashed out of his own volition and that promoted Hamilton to the podium spots. And yeah, 1.2 seconds covered the top three in the end. And we'll, we'll go to winners and losers of the weekend because that's really that, that's essentially how the Grand Prix played out itself. Carlos Sainz just... Um, hang on a minute. Not really, I'm uh, going mm. to give myself a winner of the weekend for predicting that. <laughs> Was it logic? <laughs> Was it fan, the fan in you? You know, take your pick. Well, I mean... I, I had to predict one out of the two Ferrari drivers, and I went with Carlos, so, I mean, <laughs> I did a good job, I think. No? You're going to win it to Carlos Sainz, because he's definitely driving the best that he has in his career, and I'm so glad now that we've got a Carlos Sainz victory that was fully merited, and I think even he felt that as well, because he brought back mm. his old smooth operator, because that was... Because I fully agree, the Silverstone race in 2022 was not really this, a smooth operation, but this very much was. Yeah, he looked like the better for the two Ferrari drivers again all weekend, smashing it in qualifying, putting that lap together to take his, what, third pole or fourth pole? I don't know at this point. Um, and yeah, just controlled the race really, really well, a really calm and cool head. I thought to manage that situation, considering the conditions they were racing in and the pressure of the Tifosi on your shoulders after just narrowly missing out. Well, I say narrowly in uh, Monza to bring home the, the next race and bring home a victory. That's a big job. And some I only thought Leclerc would have been able to do. To be fair, but I've I've changed my mind a little bit there. Yeah, looks like the narrative. Like, like I was critical of science early in the season, and I think rightly so. I think he was he wasn't driving well early in the season. He was putting himself under pressure because I was one of the things that we mentioned earlier this year was like the drivers coming out of contract at the end of twenty twenty four. You need to set yourself up this year for what that narrative is going to be next year. Like for, for Perez, unless he has a major turnaround, that narrative is already set because of, of a difficult twenty twenty three. Science was in a similar boat. He's managed to really turn around mid-season, though, Science. He deserves a lot of credit for what he's, what he's been able to turn around because he, it wasn't good enough at the start of this year. But now it's he's doing exactly what he needs to do and he's driving the best in his career. And he's clearly more comfortable with his car at this stage in this development and however else you want to look at that than Leclerc is. And that's, there's no way to be around that. Yeah, I, I, will, I will say he's been the best driver since summer break, apart from Max. If Russell hadn't stuffed that, then yeah, I think it, that's 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 pretty much where we are at now. Yeah. Well, you think Russell's been? I, I think he would have had a shout, and then because I think he here's the thing: I think Russell was actually the quickest driver today. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I think that Ferrari wasn't the quickest car today. It was managing and managed well, but that's Singapore. I think the Merck had the outright quickest race pace by quite a bit. Yeah, and I, that was showing on Friday, I believe, on the long runs. But the nature of the track sort of limited it, and yeah, not much more could be done. 
but it was like Sainz's second win. I think that was his. That's his fifth pole because you forget he had three last year. Did he? Yeah. Well, there, there Kota. were Kota, Silverstone, and Spa, but that was because of Verstappen's penalty. Oh yeah, you know, I did that one. Yeah, and obviously that's the one I always forget. So Paul and Monza. Yeah. There you go. That's that's yeah. five. So. Yeah, but this this race one was so much like again. I'm I almost I'm almost sad this wasn't his first race win because this would have been s- such a great victory for us. And I just thought oh, yeah, his Silverstone win was so underwhelming. It was, but a win's a win, Graham. At the end of the day, a win is a win, and yeah, he absolutely mm. smashed it. He like he is one of the most intelligent drivers on the grid, and he plays everything into his hands absolutely beautifully. Yeah, Sky seemed to think it was his first win, but you know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's um, it was calculated because trying mm. to keep Norris in DRS but not let him get too close to the point where he can attack you. Right. That judgment is such a fine margin whilst trying to calculate your own race is uh, something we haven't seen for a long time. It is Alonso-esque, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I, I look, arguably, like, here's the thing, like... You don't want to give Norris half a sniff either because he's chasing his he's first race victory. Do you know what I mean? Like he's going to go for it. He's, he doesn't like he's he's going to send he's, it. If he's there, he's not finishing second again. I'm going to show you that. No, how many second places is that now for Norris at this stage? It's got to be near in ten. It's got he's got two for this season. I know that much for a fact. Yeah, he's one well, from 2021. Probably five then. I'd say three or four at this stage, but uh, quickly, yeah. quickly approach. Well, as he's approaching, Nick, I think Nick Heifel has eight second place finishes, which is the most in a, without a win. Yeah, oh, that would be terrible if Norris never got a win. That would be mad. He would be the. He would have to go down as the best driver not to win a race. Mm. I think definitely. I think that'd be pretty clear. But do you have anything to add on Carlos Sainz's race at all? Like, I it it was we kind of covered no, it all. No, uh, literally, I would say that is probably his best weekend in Formula One. Hands down. Yeah, I think so as well. It was just, uh, just it was just that next step from building on from Monza, and that that's fantastic to see. Like we always talk, like one of the things I always uh, go on about is, yes, they've had a great result, but how, like, what's the progression? Like, how can he follow that up with a similar type of performance, even if that doesn't mean the same necessary result? But you could, this was just a clear evolution of the Italian Grand Prix, and he's just able to to materialise that into a better result and the top result. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I don't think he could have done much more in that that weekend to prove how much he's improved since the start of the year. Yeah. But he was he was the perfect driver for Ferrari on that day. Hundred percent. Yeah, very much so. So he's absolutely nailed it. And we'll uh, we'll give a we'll give a win the weekend to a second place driver Lando Norris, the upgrades Worked well again, a, a kind of a downforcey track. They went well last year. Here they went well here last year, but the, some of that was strategy dependent with the safety car with the uh, I think it was the Alpine. I think it was Ocon, and <laughs> yeah, I know fully. <laughs> Second year in a row, but again, another good result for McLaren. A great result for McLaren on a track where, in the past, or I guess earlier this year, the characteristics of their car would not have really gone their way. It was very clear that Norris didn't have the quite the same level pace as a uh, Russell or the, of the, of the Ferrari or the Mercedes. But to get a P two out of that, I mean, he was quite fortunate that you know science played ball. But even still, uh, really encouraging signs for um, for McLaren, especially uh, with some of the tracks coming up as well. 
Definitely. If um, oh, we go to Suzuka next week, it's going to oh. be. Yeah, I think I think that's one to watch out for. That's, it's a real driver's track, Suzuka. So I'm expecting them more grids to work there very well. What did you make of the the delivery they were running for this this race in Japan, the Stealth Mode McLaren? I love it. I like it a lot too. Great. It reminds me of a Pato's IndyCar car. Yeah, and that's the nicest one out of the three. <laughs> it is, yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm here for it. Another P2 with another livery. So yeah, who knows, man? They've gone well these uh, apart from the Triple Crown one, but uh, <laughs> they've gone well these liveries this season. Obviously, they did very well at Silverstone with their Chrome. So you're looking forward to them in action. I don't have much else to say about Norris really. He was, it was no, we sort of inherited the the second place from Mercedes going for it and then sort of just worked with Carlos didn't he and was there to sort of maximise when everybody else sort of made their own choices and McLaren did both all wrong yeah I mean he got by the clerk obviously in the pits having to the clerk having to stack or not with well, a slow stop obviously having to wait for the uh, Hamilton well rather waiting for Hamilton to go through uh, slow release there that he got out in front and kept pace really like it's not like they dropped Norris but he kept pace and there was obviously pace management as you said but Jeff, yeah, just they were there, and that's they didn't have the outright pace. But on a day like today, it that that was fine. Like that, the race dictated otherwise. Yeah, and you don't need outright pace in Singapore sometimes. Mm. Yeah, that kind of kind of, kind of came to the fore. But yeah, another P two for uh, for Norris. That does his championship. There is he move himself now. He's on ninety seven points. He's only twelve points behind Russell. Yeah, I was going to say when you said about. Um... <laughs> Russell being one of the dry, better drivers of the second half of the season. I was like, I'm sure about that. <laughs> well, I mean, he, he has shown a significant improvement since Zandvoort onwards. And we just can't talk has. about that from the, the Italian Grand Prix as to why that was the case. Yeah. So, uh, again, he deserved more than what he got. But, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get to it. Um, who else do you have as a winner at the weekend? Probably have, be, probably have to move on to Lewis Hamilton, I would imagine. Yeah, I guess. You've kind of got to chuck him in there, haven't you? It's um, He picked up a P3 that wasn't really on the cards, I don't think, because he was sort of stuck behind Norris for majority of that race. In fact, mm. all of the race. But since he had to let him back past. And then, obviously, George sort of chucking himself out of the way and into the barrier, um, basically gifting him the podium. And... I feel like he had more pace than George at the end. That was weird, wasn't it? I, I don't understand why that was the case, why he had so much... Because he made about four-plus seconds in those laps. Yeah, he re he was so much quicker. don't know if George was just managing, trying to save some of his tyres so when he closed up, so he got some grip so he could pull away and blast away. But, um, yeah, it was very strange because that was, like you say, a five-second gap when they came out of the pits. And uh, But, yeah, Lewis just there again wasn't he to pick up another podium in Singapore I believe that was his seventh podium since the track was integrated into the calendar mm. do you think that Mercedes should have let Hamilton pass Russell given their pace seeming, their, uh, seeming how, the, how the pace broke out on those mediums Hamilton clearly being the quicker one no I, I really don't I think it says a lot that they didn't do that yeah it is I think it would have been cruel for Russell to move out of the way. If that was earlier in the in the race, sure, move him aside. If they can't get past after 10 laps, let Lewis have a go. If not, we'll swap back. But it was the end of the race, and they were free to race. If Lewis wanted to go for it on Russell, he would have. 
but he didn't because he was well, he almost he tried. He, he was like, Russell did go defensive throughout one of the corners once too uh, for Hamilton. Yeah, that's the thing. You can't give someone like Lewis an opportunity, but yeah, he'll go for it. But uh, I think Hamilton was a bigger winner in the sense that his third place finish, coupled with uh, Alonso's non-point first non-point scoring finish of the season in a race. Uh, on Sunday, uh, means that Hamilton moves 10 points above Alonso for third in the championship now. And they should be, uh, they should be, I'd imagine, again, ebbs and flows, but given the pace of that Mercedes at this stage of the season, I'd have to, I'd be surprised if Alonso got back ahead and was able to keep it there. Yeah, I would be very surprised considering. So I, th- I think that should be a done deal for third for Hamilton, but. Yeah, like he uh, he didn't look as quick for a majority of the weekend compared to Russell, but yeah, he got himself a P three. Uh, Mercedes, I think. What do you think? Do you think? Do, I think we when we did the our pre-season, our, our, sorry, our midway predictions, we thought Mercedes. Oh, certainly, I thought Mercedes might be the team to win the race because they would be the ones that would make the best calls on a day where maybe Red Bull weren't able to be there. I still think they made the absolute right calls. It's just the had they got they just got stuck but with the the Norris DRS thing as science brought into play. Had they negotiated that, I think they would have possibly got a one two out of this race. Yeah, they would have, definitely. Like I look back on this, I I don't think anyone bluish in terms of winning the race. Like Russell's mistake in the last lap was inconsequential for the race win. Uh, he got you know, he was jumped by Leclerc on softs that you can't fault him for that like the clerk got the job done with that so you'd expect a soft compound to make a some impact in those those first few turns like I I generally don't like I don't think anyone lost the opportunity to win that race like I don't like Russell was defended from from Norris I think that was all fine I think Mercedes made all the right calls they needed to but it just Sometimes that's not enough. Even I think they did everything right, and I think Ferrari with science also did everything right. I think that's 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 how it is sometimes. Yeah, it is. It really is. Uh, by the way, Total Wolves is not going to be in attendance for the Japanese Grand Prix. He's having knee surgery. Oh, okay. And the role is being split between Jerome D'Ambrosio Fuck off. And some other guy I can't think of off the top of my head, whose name is Bradley, I think. Oh, Bradley, yeah, he's the communications director. So, yeah, okay. Uh, so, yeah, they're splitting responsibilities. Of course, last time Mercedes won the race, uh, Total Wolf also wasn't in attendance at Brazil last year. Yeah. So he joked, he yeah. said, maybe we'll win now. <laughs> Imagine. He'd be like, okay, maybe, maybe I am the problem. They stand a good chance of that track, to be fair, I think. They do, yeah. But so it could happen. Back to uh, routine <laughs> at that point. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, we shall see so yeah but I thought a good weekend oh it was a good weekend for Mercedes until Russell did that on the last lap well, we'll yeah I'll, we'll mention him here and nowhere else because he he didn't deserve a loser at the weekend but he definitely removed himself from a winner of the weekend with that last lap mistake just yeah I had him down as a loser just for that small mistake it, but, he yeah, said it was he pathetic Lando did exactly the same thing just George did it worse literally on the same lap Lando taps the wall and then George is that close up behind him. He also taps the wall. He just follows him like he just as a racer. Yeah. You like you just. It's it's funny because he like, transfixed. It's, it's weird when you drive him. Yeah, because sometimes you end up like as a guy in front of you goes off, you end up making the kind of the same mistake almost. Like it's it is you just end up one of those things. Off to it, it's, it's very strange. I don't know how to describe it unless you've like driven yourself. Is it's very weird. I do it quite a lot when I'm driving. I'm sort of not 
I'm I'm concentrating, but I'm not. But I'm sort of mirroring what the guy in front of me is doing. Yeah, subconsciously, it's weird. Uh, yeah, so that threw Russell over. Well, it would have been a very much deserved podium, but anyway, yeah, rough one. Yeah. Rough one for him, and like he's only 12 points ahead of Norris now, and he's kind of fallen behind uh, Leclerc and especially Sainz this weekend. So Yeah, I think they're gone now at this point. But Well, he's he's still about, he's what, 14 points behind Leclerc, and he's 33 behind Sainz now. It's going to be difficult to pick yeah, that back up. Yeah, he's, he's really got battle with Leclerc and Norris at this point, hasn't he? Yeah, very much so. That's very much his fight. 12 points ahead of Norris and four, uh, 14 behind Leclerc. So yeah, should be a... Should be an interesting one. Uh, right, outside of that, though, uh, so I've kind of done the the uh, McLaren, uh, Mercedes, Ferrari side of things. Who else do you have as a winner of the weekend? I have Leclerc, but it's not a big winner. He's just, yeah, he's <laughs> just there. He was so. he was very much sacrificed as um, Mercedes put to George Russell, wasn't he? Like, pretty much yeah, they had to back he, up signs, and then the pit stops didn't work out in his favour, and they couldn't box him because he didn't have a new... like. I guess you're better off, are you better off staying out on the, on the set of hires that you're on or coming for a scrub set of mediums? Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? And um, Charles was basically saying in the interviews after the race that the whole plan was for him to be sacrificed anyway, so to help Carlos win. Mm. Did you? I did like that Fred Vassour stood on the podium for uh, Ferrari, like his first race win yeah. at the helm. He was like, right, I'm, I'm going oh, with good. Yeah, as you should. Yeah, fuck you all. <laughs> uh, so yeah, but yeah, Leclerc. I thought he drove fine. It was just yeah, he got unlucky in part and was very much the uh, made to play the second role for Sites, which I get given that how few and far chances are to win the race this year. Once you whoever was, I think whoever was whoever uh, got pole on Saturday was basically there was there was a designated driver for Sunday. I think this they knew yeah. they had a chance in front of them and. Yeah, I think they did what they had to do, and unfortunately, that shafted the clerk in many ways. He just about held on to Verstappen at the end. <laughs> yeah, another lap, and that was gone. Yeah, give it, give the end of the sector one. But yeah, uh, yeah, some good, so good points for the team. Actually, I thought for for Ferrari though, just to kind of quickly just, or just to bring that back slightly. They're only Are they in front of Aston now. They're very much in front of Aston now. They're two sixty five to Aston's two seventeen. They're only twenty four points behind Mercedes. Yeah. Obviously, Russell losing out was a big loss. Yeah, that yeah, big big loss. That's I was eighteen points gone. Given that it threw fifteen points away for uh, or seventeen points. It was an eighteen. Yeah, it was a twenty-two point swing. Yeah, it gave. Well, it, it only gave. Uh, it gave Leclerc two extra points for finishing fourth instead of fifth. Yeah. So and plus the fifteen lost. So. Yeah, that was a that was a that was a rough one for them, but I I still think Mercedes should be should be okay. It'll, oh yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Russell responds to that because that's that's a pretty that's a pretty damaging accident to have, especially for your for your ego. For a rookie, yeah, yeah, as, as he put it, yeah, rookie mistake. Mm. He was oh, he's he had so much facts to, uh, to yell in the car afterwards. It was funny. Yeah, he was crying afterwards. Yeah, there he had sunglasses on in the paddock afterwards. I yeah, I think it was a pretty. Pretty rough one for him. So I'm interested personally to see his response next week because, yeah, he, uh, he put it on the wall on the last corner instead. He uh, he could do the he could do the big one that with a with a result mistake like that. Yes, I'm going to give the winner of the weekend to Alpine and Pierre Gasly for finishing sixth, um, turning twelfth to sixth for Gasly, which is good. Obviously, he directly benefited, of course, from his teammate retiring, but. <clears throat> 
It <laughs> the uh, the upgrades at Alpine brought to this event definitely put them right on par with Aston Martin. It seemed from what the race showed, they were very very similar. Those two, in terms of yeah. pace, and so P six for Gasly from P twelve. Obviously, he was wrestling quite hard with Magnussen earlier on. It was funny. He was talking to the post race uh, show on F one TV. He talked about how Magnussen told him before and he was going to fight hard, and he said he was true to his word. <laughs> <laughs> At least he told him. Yeah, which I thought was pretty funny. But a really solid result for Gasly. Uh, he, he, it was here's the thing. It was a very understated drive for Gasly. You didn't really see him a lot other than the Magnussen stuff, but he just did what he had to. The pace was good, and with results, obviously, look with uh, obviously Ocon and obviously everyone got bumped up a spot with uh, Russell coming out later on, but. A really solid drive. Eight points for the team. Very, very solid. That moves uh, Gasly. I think that should move him. Is that move ahead of Ocon now? It sh- does. He's ahead of Piastri, I believe. Yeah, he moves ahead of Piastri. Or, sorry, I think he was ahead of Piastri to begin with, just about. He's two points behind Stroll now, 47 to 45, and Ocon's there on 36. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, excellent result for Gasly. I don't have much else to say about it uh, other than that. I just, not me either. They're in a good place with their that update seemed to definitely bring them another a step a step ahead or a step up rather than what they were. So that that seems to be really encouraging for them. But, uh, and uh, Ocon drove a good race. He was on he was on set for that race. sixth. That would have been fifth. Uh, well, I mean, actually, that's that's not that's, you can't say that because without without Ocon retiring, that entire scenario doesn't happen to begin with, does it? The Russell thing at the end. So yeah, none of that happens. He was set to drive for a sixth place. So that was rough, and he was he was look second year in a row he's retired to this track. He was quite uh, quite rightly despondent after uh, after that. He was nailed on for a very good result. So he had done the hard work as well. He'd overtaken Alonso uh, after the Perez skirmish. He'd done all the hard bit. He just had to bring it home. So that was that was tough. Well, look, whether that would have been enough to hold on against Verstappen on mediums is hard to say. But yeah, he drove a very solid race and he got nothing for it. Yeah. So that was rough, but I think overall they can be encouraged by their by their pace. Definitely. I could throw in Oscar Piastri to win the weekend as well for turning 17th into 7th. Yes. Yes, it was, again, because of the safety car and just making the most of everybody else sort of dropping out and or getting taken out or whatever. It, it just, yeah, it didn't have the upgrades, but I think it maximised what he had underneath him, considering he was very... Um, Unlucky considering in Q1 and obviously brought out the red flag as Oscar was going over the line. So it was a sort of race was done before it was already started, but he made the most of it and got points in the end of it, which is great because they wouldn't have done that last year with Ricardo. Except they did do it last year with Ricardo. He finished fifth. Well, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I nine times out of ten, not the, <laughs> the odd one, one one race recorder decided to fucking show up. Oh dear! Uh, Piastri was very uh, pessimistic about his race chances after the after qualifying. And look, normally that would be the case. He was the one that really benefited from. I think the guys who pitched from some people pitched from. Obviously, he got two positions for the Red Bulls. Obviously, Ocon dropped away. Uh, Alonso dropped away as well, so kind of a lot of things kind of fell into place for him to make up those spots. Obviously, he got one back with uh, with Russell at the end as well. But 
Yeah, good good pace. I thought his weekend was really solid, given that he wasn't running the upgrades. He was about three tenths or so off of Norris or so, I think, in the early parts uh, of Q1. Kind of about where you might expect, because I thought his weekend may have been a write-off to begin with, with uh, no upgrades, and especially after Saturday, you, you, you thought the same. But yeah, a nice clean race, got the job done, a couple of overtakes here and there. Uh, again, a lot of things worked out. Like you know, the love, like okay, he expected the two hasses may drop down in the in the equation of things uh, to, to do. Yeah, and obviously, Sonoda didn't even obviously didn't make a pass. Lap one, Ocon dropped away, and all these things. So I think he drove a really clean race. His first race at Singapore, I think he could be. Uh, he said he's looking forward to the ice bath afterwards. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think everyone was. They're all dripping. Yeah. He wasn't a big fan of ice baths heading into the weekend, and but that's what having an ice bath with a few rubber ducks will do for you, man. It'll, uh, it'll change your dynamic, change your perspective. <laughs> so uh, yeah, he he did a great job for uh, P seven in the end. So yeah, he salvaged good points, and he gets the upgrade in Japan this week, and that's going to be fascinating to watch because he piastri right back in the frame of things, I reckon. Yeah. So it should be exciting. Uh, with the weekend as well, Liam Lawson. Yes, very uh, much deserved, I think. I don't know. I'm sorry. If you're going to give Oscar a winner and then go, I don't know, about Lawson. Here's the thing. Lawson drove well. You have an agenda against Lawson. I'm sorry, you do. I have a case against Lawson for a few things. but The man drove a good race, Graham. I'm not saying saying he didn't drive a good race. He did drive a good race. It was circumstantial, and Yuki Pollard would have got the points instead. That's fine. I I will argue that, but I'm not going to sit here and... I'm not going to sit here and say Lawson didn't drive a good race. He drove a good race. Was he lucky to finish in the points? Yes. Albon was on his ass. Perez shoved Albon into a wall. Shoved isn't the word. Yes, you're right. It was worse than that. Yeeted. One of the worst moves I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, but we'll go into that. So, like he, look, he was obviously a lot of people. There was chaos around. Lawson was able to still rise above it and finish ninth. He did a very good job. Uh, yeah. with that. So he got in two Q3? points. Yeah, he got into Q three. Um, he knocked out the two yeah, Red Bulls to do so. That was a good job from him. He did like in. It's hard. I can. I'm. It's tough because we have no representative of yeah, what the whole this whole Lawson thing is versus Snowden, who's been shafted the majority of the time. Those two have been teammates. Again, I'll talk about Snowden separately, but give Lawson his due. He scored. He scored points in his third race. There's an interesting dynamic that's being pushed out there. I think the race had this about Lawson for the Williams seat. Yeah, this is what I've seen all over Twitter. I think. Yeah, that's the where this is going to end up going. Isn't Which it? I'm fine with. I'm fine with that. Yeah, that's fine with me. What I'm not okay with is because this notion, this this whole this the whole notion seems to be that Ricardo's in that seat next year, no matter what. It's Sonoda's place that seems to be up for debate all of a sudden, which I could not disagree with more. Sonoda's place of this team should not even be a question. Yeah, no, it shouldn't be unless the new management thinks otherwise, or they know, or they know Sonoda's going somewhere else. Which I can only imagine is Aston Martin. That's the only thing I could think of. And even that's but then not why would Lawson? Why would Lawson go somewhere else? Yeah. If there's a seat at AlphaTauri, it's very strange. Very strange. Obviously, Red Bull have got loyalties to Ricardo, so that sort of comes back. But then you're sort of shafting a driver who's got had a really good start to the season has been shafted ever since the summer break. The thing is, they have to because Perez has been so poor at parts. They have to see what they have at Ricardo. Like that almost has mm. to happen because there's a real debate as to what they do at the end of 24 with that seat if this doesn't turn around for Perez. And there's a very 
there's a very likely chance that it doesn't turn around. There's a likely chance that it does turn around, but it's equally as likely that it doesn't turn around. And they have, they, I feel like they need to see what they have at Ricardo, and that's fine. But that shouldn't displace the good job Sonoda's done for the majority of this season. Um, and if there is, I, I'm fine with Lawson for a Williams seat. Absolutely, I could be, I could be excited about that. Like, absolutely, like that's yeah, that would be fun. Both ex Red Bull drivers in Red, in Williams, that'd be fun. Yeah, that's absolutely I, I, fine. I don't think I could if I was Williams to get him out. If that's the best option. Yeah, I'm okay with that, but I I'm less okay with the Snowda angle of things with Lawson replacing Snowda. Yeah, no, Snowda sheets should be light. It should be Ricardo or Lawson at the end of the day. Yeah. Anyway, uh, nothing, nothing, that, nothing, none of that displaces what Lawson did on race day. A bit, a, yeah, there was a lot of fortune in it, given everything that it happened was, around yeah. him. But um, again, he was there he did, to. He, just, he did what he had to yeah. do. It's a clean weekend. That's that's all he had to do. And yeah. He did it. So you can't fault him for that. And I, I'm very happy to see how he actually do well and get the chance. I think he sort of said in an interview to Sky afterwards that he wanted to come into the sport and take the opportunity with both hands and sort of if it doesn't work out then I couldn't have done any more type thing which is fair enough yeah look there, I have more to say on the matter but we'll leave it for another part of this I'll, I'll leave it for the Snowdax angle of this um, but yeah Lawson okay. did, did a good job he got he got two points like well done um, which is 50% of it is teams, it is yeah. which is bad which considering we praised Yuki at the start of the year but you can't really blame Yuki because the car has been terrible. Car has been terrible. Lawson is driving this car at its absolute best. That that car has made a seems to have made a big leap this weekend. Yeah, with the absolute shed ton of upgrades, it, it, mm-hmm. it so it was basically a B spec car, but from the parts list I saw. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, by the way, Lawson going up to ninth was a result, obviously, of Russell crashing out last lap and the whole Perez shafting into Albon. And yeah, I would have said eleventh would have still been a good race. Oh, absolutely, it would have been. Yeah, definitely. Considering they yeah. left him out on the one stop to die, essentially. <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. So he couldn't have done anything more himself. Mm. I win the weekend as well for Kevin Magnussen, who he likes Singapore, finally, doesn't he? Finally turned up to Formula One twenty twenty three. Yeah. <laughs> what fifteen races in? I think this is the fourth or fifth time he out he's out qualified Hulkenberg. So again, very one sided affair on that. He also got the look of the draw with the strategy because he pitched for softs under the VSC. And oh, the softs, okay. yeah, he went softs to end, and obviously the Albon thing happened. He was obviously eleventh heading into the last lap, and then obviously yeah. Russell's crash then promoted him up a spot, but. So I feel like, because he was in the points paying positions early on, he was the lead Haas, then fell out massively and ended up behind Hulkenberg and then boxed onto Softs and then picked his way back through the field against Hulkenberg, against Joe, who also was on the um, effective one-stop, let's put it that way. And then obviously Albon got shafted by Perez and then, yeah, the Russell thing happened. So it was quite fortuitous, but he got himself a point and look, he was, oh, was a, he was in a good mood afterwards. You know, that's a big point for them. They need to move two points ahead of Alfa Romeo now, and that's uh, that's big for them. Considering Bottas scored at the previous race. Yes, absolutely. To restore that margin, so that's big. So, but it was, I will, I'm not going to say it was a, a well. It was a it was a solidly driven race for Magnussen. I don't think it's a well driven race. He. No, but the thing is, they were there to pick all the points that like we've been saying they needed to all yeah. year. Yeah. That's the first time in a while that I've been like, All right, okay, Magnussen's actually on it this weekend. 
is he's looking good. He's looking the better of the two Hasses, which I can't remember the last time I said that. Yeah, but then that went even that went away during the race in the end. Yeah, and then just he thought he got fortunate with him being put into softs. So. Yeah, he got the rub of the draw on strategy, and yeah, he made look again. He was look for a lot of these drivers. They're there to make up the pieces in the end when things went wrong and. Between Ocon going out and uh, Russell, like you know, these things opened up for some of these drivers. That's that's fair. Yeah. And um, Magnussen was there, and yeah, a good result for him because, like, obviously he's not had a great season. We can both agree with that. But, uh, this result will stand to him, but I think his teammate would have definitely had a better race in the end. But anyway, uh, we'll we'll get to Hulkenberg in a bit. I will give Alex Albon win the weekend for his efforts. Oh, he was on for the points. Absolutely, he was. He should have finished where Perez finished because he was ahead of Perez for a number of laps. Perez was going nowhere. Albon, okay, there was the Albon talked afterwards or during when he was behind Lawson, basically saying they're too quick at low speed in low speed corners. So he he caught Lawson hand over fist. He was struggling to ca- pass him initially. I, eventually, this would have given way. I, I have no doubt Albon would have got past Lawson eventually on, on traction. Pure traction. Lawson, Lawson would have cracked. I'm sure somewhere. He, he wasn't too happy over someone Lawson's movement on the straight, the first DRS. Or sorry, I guess the second DRS straight because the, the start finish straight technically is a DRS straight. Yeah, but the thing is, Lawson was like that with everybody, even Max. Yeah, he literally put Max within a causeway of walls, <laughs> which is quite funny because I wasn't expecting that. But yeah, so it must have been a, a on the limit. Hmm. So yeah, but I think he would have got the job done eventually. That would have been points, whether it be eighth, whether whether been ninth, you know, who knows? But yeah, a track where they weren't expecting to go well at all, and they were both knocked out in Q. Well, I think Sarge was knocked out in Q one, wasn't he? And Alvin got through in Q two, but didn't get much further than that. Um, that bodes well for them. I thought again, they 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 played the strategy excellently. As in, I think it's those little things that they did very well that they can be proud of. Less so with the. Uh, car performance but they had this the excellent strategy the excellent livery yeah, nice livery yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know they were very unfortunate uh, Alban couldn't get by Magnussen in the end to uh, get that uh, to get that last point but yeah I, I thought they'd give a good race uh, with Albon uh, just yeah shafted by Perez who went for a far too ambitious move into that into that hairpin which Albon said he was he had, he had basically had to avoid a number of laps before finally uh, the collision happened. Yeah. So, yeah, he was shafted. Um, so no points for Albon. I don't think that changes a massive amount for the battle for P7. I think they're fairly well set still. Yeah, I think they're fine. But, um, yeah, the strategy well, call... The update comes up and comes clutch, but I doubt that very much. Yeah, we'll see how much points that can make Too up, late. if any. But, yeah, but they, they drove a good race. Albon just unfortunately got shafted. Yeah. Uh, do you have any other winners of the weekend or anything else to add on Alabama? No. Or... I have no more winners. I have one meh. I have a couple in this category. Uh, why don't you open this up? Go on you, Joe. Um, basically, was forced to stop in the pit lane because of um, changing the PU because it was last anyway. Because um, of the red flag and what have you. I don't think Alpha were that good all weekend, to be fair. I think they were like 8th or ninth quickest. I mean, probably ninth, to be fair. Um started on the softs and then came into the pits straight away pretty much and went on to the mediums or the hards or whatever it was and then ended up switching back onto the mediums but had the safety car and basically finished 
12 for 13th. I don't even know at this point. Yeah, yeah. Joe's race. I thought. I thought he actually drove a. I thought. I thought he drove a really good race. Oh, fresh off the heels of a, of a contract extension for him for next year, he'll be back at Alfa Romeo for twenty twenty three. That was announced during to, the weekend. Much to our surprise, well, considering like, the reports. Yeah, look, the fact that the reporting came out in the such that it was either Djokovic himself or poor chair lent to the to lent to the suggestion that it wasn't as straightforward a decision as it seemed. Maybe there was it was an angle of just wanting to extract a little bit more funding from Joe's camp, possibly. Probably, um, I'd imagine that was part of it because, by all accounts, the team love working with him. Yeah, the, that I was just going to say that there was lots of high praise for him. Yeah, they 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 really do like working with him. So maybe there was just the financial aspect that kind of just get over the line. But yeah, he started from the pit lane. He pitted very quickly from the softs onto the hards, and he was. Other than the Red Bulls, he was shafted by that safety car for his sergeant's front wing, uh, Debris, because he was catching quite nicely and would have been an interesting play. I imagine the plan was for him to go to the end of the race on those hards, like we've seen yeah. some drivers do. Pit, they, in Monaco, we see this often. Where we see guys pit early on and try and just get an undercut because um, the tires will last anyway. It would be interesting to see how this tire would have been, the nick they would have been in at the end of the race. But anyways, he was looking just... good for that. They boxed him for mediums on that on that safety car, and he took those to the end of the race. He took those forty two laps. In the end, he was in a race long scrap almost with Hulkenberg. Ended up getting Hulkenberg, who was on hearts the same number of uh, same number of laps. On the, the second last lap, did Joe overtake Hulkenberg in the end for P twelve? He was running in the points until those in the two stops kind of came to the fore. Uh, and the likes of Perez came to the fore as well. Magnussen, Albon, etc. So. Yeah, though, so they got him in the end, and that put Joe out of the points. But I thought he still, like, it, the result was, say, P12. He, he drove a really good race, I thought, did Joe. Uh, you know, all things considered. 42 laps on mediums is no joke around this track. It's really not. And he obviously overtook uh, Hulkenberg in the end as well, which is all he could really do, with, with, which was uh, within his race. So, yeah, Joe had a really good race. Hulkenberg was absolutely shafted. He was furious. He was absolutely... He was pounding on the steering wheel after the race. He would have finished 8th or ninth easily had they done exactly what they did with Magnussen for, for him. He was... Yeah. He said at the time he should have been boxed. He was furious. He, he wasn't in the mood for anything after the race on the radio. He, um, he was really upset, uh, really angry. Uh, I, I came at it to come over the radio to apologise to him after the race for that what happened. He was the lead half driver when everything shook out. Uh, Magnussen fell out of the equation. Hulkenberg was furious. He he absolutely should have had. He thought P8 would have been in his realm. I'm inclined to agree with him, given where Magnussen ended up. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he was very upset about that. So yeah, not nothing nothing to alleviate his mood. But yeah, an underrated race that not many will notice. But yeah, they stuck him out on the one stop, and yeah, he absolutely got swapped. So. Just about held on to Sargent in the end uh, for, for P13, did Hulkenberg, but yeah, he was absolutely furious. Right, this so. <laughs> so there's that. Um, uh, oh, by the way, just on Alfa Romeo, by the way, I, I thought I said a lot for their race when uh, Bottas basically dismissed any hopes for them on Saturday, but did say they should be good at Suzuka. No. Oh. But he was talking about that on Saturday, so we would lend you to, you know, say what does that say for their what how they felt about their chances for this Singapore Grand Prix? <laughs> <laughs> Not great. Uh, I think now it was a good time to go into losers of the weekend, and Red Bull is a good place to start. Obviously, 
Uh, 15 straight wins undone for them. They will not win every single race in 2023. So Verstappen ended up with a good comeback drive to fifth in the end, to be fair. I thought that was a bit more than what... Um, they definitely didn't deserve fifth. No, I don't think so. They didn't even Point, deserve to yeah. serve. They didn't even deserve to start the race where they did in the eleventh with Verstappen. No, should have got a couple of penalties to be honest. It was very strange. Not, very strange. Not the cleanest weekend from Red Bull in that sense. No, uh, not at all. Um, how they escaped the penalty uh, with a penalty free for Sonoda? Uh, well, uh, no, I know how they escaped that one, Graham. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the the the, uh, the team principal didn't turn up. The team representative didn't turn up. Let me read the whole scenario on this. Adam Cooper wrote about this on motorsport.com. And this will give some context to this. And it doesn't seem as bad as what it seems. It more so just it just shifts the blame rather to the stewards rather than AlphaTauri themselves. So I'm going to read from this um, Adam Cooper piece from motorsport.com. Um, an intriguing note at the bottom of the stewards' decision of Verstappen and Sonoda said that it was noted that the representative of Car 22 chose not to attend the hearing. The statement led to speculation that Alpha Target skipped the hearing in order to minimise the chances of a driver from a sister team from sister team Red Bull receiving a penalty. In fact, the fines at Alpha didn't receive a formal summons about attending the hearing. Usually, in impeding cases, summons come in pairs, with both parties asked to attend at a set time. In this case, the Verstappen Sonoda example appears to have been impacted by an entirely separate case that emerged earlier in qualifying. That one involves Logan Sargent being investigated for allegedly impeding Lance Stroll. However, Stroll crashed heavily at the end of Q1 and was seen the FIA medical delegate, so it appears that the stewards decided not to issue a formal summons for him to attend, presumably because they felt that they had enough evidence to review without speaking to the Canadian. Instead, an informal invitation, understood to be delivered by WhatsApp, was sent to Aston Martin for sporting director Andy Stevenson to attend the Sargent hearing if he so wished. However, Stevenson was with Stroll and the medical team at the time and arrived at the race at race control a few minutes after the hearing had concluded. In their verdict, the stewards noted that the team representative Aston Martin Aramco Cognizant F1 team, yeah, that's the name of it, don't forget, was not present at the time of the hearing but did attend the stewards' room after the hearing had finished. Having adopted an informal approach for with, uh, with Aston and Stroll, the same approach appears to have been taken with Alpha Tari, with no, with no formal summons, which teams regard as a compulsory request, AlphaTauri did not go to the hearing. Team Principal Franz Toss confirmed to Motorsport.com that the team had made no complaint to the FIA about Verstappen. It's logical to assume that the team had been represented, that had the team represented, been represented at the hearing, it would in any case have not pushed for a penalty, for obvious reasons given the relationship between the two teams. However, that doesn't necessarily infer that the final verdict was impacted as stewards have plenty of evidence with which to make such calls without hearings from from uh, the affected driver. Yay. So it just shifts the blame to the stewards who very clearly should have... Like, I get the fact that sometimes, like when we talked about this in Australia for the science thing with Alonso, with the crash that happened with the, the late safety, the late re- red flag restart, Sometimes you don't need the other driver there to know what happened. That's fine. Yeah. But they still should have given a three-place grid penalty for impeding. That, w- that, that was obvious. Yeah. No, it's just fairly obvious. <laughs> so Don't know how it wasn't given. Yeah, so that, so that shifts the blame. It did look dodgy. I, 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 was, I was there first as well. I was like, wow, they've just not attended the meeting. That's, that's bullshit. They should, they, they, they should be given a penalty for that, like a Red Bull and Verstappen. But 
yeah, they had all, they had everything they needed. They it just was yeah, just bizarre. They didn't actually uh, make a case and yeah, for stopping golf scot free. But that was the star of it, anyways. The race, yeah, obviously didn't go. Whether they had the pace to mix it up, had they had the track position, is it's unclear. It seems a little unlikely because it did seem like they're on the back foot. I would be hesitant to say that the new technical directive has affected them. It's too soon to tell. Their rivals certainly don't seem to believe that this will continue at Suzuka. We'll see if that's just deflection at all. I think this is, this is such a bad configuration for them. We'll see. And they, they got the cell wrong, I believe. Yeah. Well. like it, it, they got whole, Paul Mollison was uh, talking about their crew uh, chief mechanic, or their crew chief rather, was, uh, was of the I thought like they had some inherent issues. Uh, on the weekend when they were locked in basically from Saturday onwards and they obviously went back to the floor they had before that they weren't running uh, on Friday. So, yeah, I think a combination of things, I wouldn't, and Team Total Wolf was quick to say uh, that it's too early to judge for the technical directive has slowed Red Bull down. I don't think so. Just a bunch of things didn't go in their favour. The race obviously included with the safety car timing uh, on the hards. Uh, Verstappen had great pace at the end, but... Oh, yeah. In, in Even a, with a car that looked like a handful. Yeah, yeah. It seemed like they have a messy one, but so yeah. But look, they come off the bat like obviously that's ten wins of the row now for Verstappen. That's that that's the streak, that's the new one. Ten consecutive race wins, fifteen for the team if you want to count obviously last season in uh, Abu Dhabi. Just quite a remarkable journey they've been on. It had to end at some point. We kind of thought it might at this track. I think this was the biggest uh, hurdle, wasn't it? That if they could do Singapore, yeah. they had a good chance to do the rest. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah, Singapore is always an outlier because of what it is. So in terms of layout and tyre wear and all the shenanigans that go with Singapore on its own, it's just a mess. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, it would have been interesting had they, had they got track position... Could they've like yeah? I guess maybe not. Like we we saw with how quickly they were swallowed up that even if they had track position, staying out at the safety car, they they wouldn't be able to hold on as 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 it was very clearly evidenced by what happened after the the, the safety car race. Where they all got swamped by Norris and Russell and Hamilton, etc. Yeah, but like the races like itself, like it kind of played out as it did. I don't think they did a whole lot wrong. Like they were right to gamble for track position. It just they were just got swallowed. Them. No, they stayed out as long as they could for hope for another safety car to bring them back into play to pay onto mediums. That didn't happen either. Um, I, if anything, they arguably underestimated with Verstappen how quick the medium was. Maybe they could have done that sooner. They could have maybe got yeah, the fourth yeah. instead. They could have, yeah. But another like I said, another sector or so, and they would have got the colour. But that would have been funny. Yeah, but like I get, that's really like that was it for Verstappen. That was maximised really to to an extent. Perez had much uh, messier uh, weekend of things. Uh, obviously, he was not. He obviously spun on his uh, his his Q two lap. Didn't quite make the headway that Verstappen did on mediums. Then twatted uh, Albon out of the way. Didn't make a lot of gains there either, and ended up finishing eighth. The end. Keeping uh, eighth with a five second penalty in the end for uh, twatting off uh, Albon. So he still finished eleven seconds ahead of Lawson after that penalty. So yeah, <laughs> justice. Yeah, real justice there, isn't it? Uh, There's not much justice in this world. I would, I would like, in, oh, I know, I know it's reference. no, didn't oh. get it. <laughs> I, uh, you know, obviously context is key here, but looking at this situation just head on, I, 
it would have been nice like if they had adopted an IndyCar approach where you have to go back behind the 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 car you uh, pull off the track so to speak that would have been a fitting penalty but uh, no no it should be a penalty I think personally but the precedent is five seconds for this thing and even though Albon lost by 15 trying to engage in reverse <laughs> going out of the hairpin and points Perez gets to keep P8 by just driving off off the road so yeah a bit a bit annoying that isn't it but yeah yeah it, it is what it is but um yeah not, not a clean weekend for red bull um won the few cha- you know the few cases you could say that in the end uh in this season i will see what happens in japan i think it'll be interesting how things go i suspect i, I expect a, a kind of upturn to our a return to the norm so to speak but it will be it will be interesting to see if the directive has an impact if it has we'll see a, a lot more uh, it'll be a lot more prevalent in Suzuka, but they're pretty optimistic that it won't be, and their rivals seem to think that they'll go back up to the top anyway. But yeah, uh, uh, a rare, a rare scenario for Red Bull this weekend, isn't it? Yeah, but it was going to come at some point eventually, wasn't it? So yeah, the uh, the quest for a perfect season rumbles on. It will uh, not be twenty twenty three for Red Bull. No. The higher you go, the harder you fall, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> this was one of their. Well, obviously they won the race Presley here last year, but. Um, this is Verstappen's main tripping point last year uh, in down the stretch, and uh, yeah, in the long run, this doesn't matter in the slightest. It does not matter. Both have done so. Yeah, um, Red Bull have a. They did have mathematically have the chance to clinch this at this race. They literally needed a clean sweep, um, and for Mercedes, literally not to score. Yeah, but more the, likely to happen in Suzuka. Yeah, they've got a chance to do so, a much better chance to do so uh, this weekend in Suzuka. We'll see if that happens and that comes to the fore. But yeah, uh, other losers of the weekend, you'd have to say uh, Fernando Alonso and Aston yeah. Martin. I'm just going to put Aston as a whole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That car was also not great on the hards, and um, Alonso was struggling with it all weekend. It just didn't look comfortable, even though he's comfortably in the points early on in the race fighting with Ocon and stuff but it, it just went from bad to worse they came into pit for uh, softs on the last VSC and it backfired because they had uh, a very slow pit stop yeah. <laughs> they were in the pits for nearly a minute well the whole thing really, with the pit really stop was, was they had a new rear end had a new jack made for that rear end and then yeah couldn't, like had problems with the rear jack oh not the first jack problem I feel like they've had this year no. Was it Saudi? They had a. I, I don't know. If, I can't remember the race, but off the top of my head, I feel like they've had another issue with a jack at some point this year. I don't think it was Saudi. There was something, I remember, involving an Aston Martin jack or something, but anyway. Um, oh, that that was the one where the jack touched the back of the car. Is that. Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. I thought they had another Before jack the issue. Before the penalty somewhere. had been served. Yeah. yeah. Um, not helped, of course, by Alonso getting a five second penalty for locking up and going over the pit lane line. Uh, the pit entry very clumsy it was a clumsy one uh, from Alonso so that kind of compromised his race to begin with because uh, he, he was running sixth or so after Ocon's uh, failure and but obviously yeah then then he pitted under the VSC and that, and that pit stop as you as described happened and he found himself in a fight with Logan Sargent for P P last. P14 which was essentially the last Russell was classified of course but um, yeah Alonso was last on track so to speak as well so Tough one, but like even looking at the onboards, like that and that Aston looked like a real handful to drive. It, it did not. Yeah, well, Alonso said it was undrivable. Yeah, over the team radio, which is the first time I've ever heard him criticise it. 
It looked awful, I have to say. It really did look poor. Uh, it and he's really, he couldn't get by Perez either. He was on old hearts as well after the safety car restart. So, look, an uncharacteristic weekend for them. I think their bigger concern is more so the the step Alpine took. Yeah. And, of course, McLaren, we know, have kind of moved on and away from them as well. So, yeah, kind of sliding a little bit backwards is Aston here. So, the next but race... they've got fourth, so... They should have fourth, in theory. They have a what's the lead because Alonso had such a good has had such a good season they need they have oh gosh um let me do the quick maths or a calculator rather um they should be fairly set though um 217 minus 139 they have a 78 point lead over McLaren so I'll be very surprised if uh, McLaren claw that back I mean to be fair like they are doing it's not it's definitely not possible They, they are first of all two versus one for a start and like even with Piastri, like the obviously Piastri getting the upgrades next week, it's not inconceivable that if they keep knocking in like a podium here and there and a Piastri in a six or something, the Lonsa can only manage eighth or something. Or even tenth. Yeah. I'll be in a quicker. Like it's not impossible. They I think they will need one bumper result, like a double podium or something, to get them on their way. Yeah, or at least two podiums in the last seven or so races yeah, yeah I think definitely. I think the key is going to be they need a double podium for both drivers to really get the first indent into it or make a big dent into it and then the yeah, rest can, the rest can be kind of chips here and there eight six points here eight points there depending on how things how things shake down yeah which is leads me nicely into my next thing which is uh, about Mr. Stroll who obviously shows commitment and overdrives his car into a wall is what my crack says so that's always good. Yeah, like this whole week, like I've 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 one more thing to say about Alonso. Well, I'll say it after this uh, this straw thing because it's it's the Alonso thing is kind of a larger F one uh, viewpoint. This this whole weekend's been really strange from Stroll's side of things because they've been all weekend. It's just been Collins trying trying to first of all notify how slow he's been compared to Alonso, which Mike Crack also uh, had to spin out, and then yeah, over commitment. Yeah, he was already. And then Stroll blamed the Weybridge and being in the dirty air behind an Alpine for his qualifying shunt, um, being behind by the Weybridge and not having enough time to go out and set a lap, essentially. Uh, crack, absolutely binned the car off. Uh, so even... He was medically cleared. He, he did wake up Sunday. He said he's a bit sore. But, I mean, you're a racing driver. You're like, you get over. Like, just just get on yeah. with it. He, I, I reckon he was in much worse shape in Bahrain Probably. Than to drive over a whole race than he was arguably for this one. I've, again, that's not based on anything, but I, you know, he's medically cleared and he's, you know, you get you just get on with it at the end of the day. I think the real reason they didn't race was because that car was completely sacked off and you'd have members of the crew up 24 plus hours to fix that thing and get turned around with the, how the night races work and as such. You'd have, they'd be running on empty. I think it would have been unreasonable for the crew to rebuild that thing and be race sharp, so to speak. Yeah. And obviously they've got to, uh, they, they have to service Alonso's car as well and as such. So yeah, I think so. No, so Stroll didn't race, and I that gets him out of the spotlights for how shit he would have been this race because he was started last anyway. He will start from the pit lane firstly, but uh, yeah, he was shambolic all weekend. He was getting like that lap was not good enough anyway to get out Q one. He was going out regardless, and then yeah, took even more out of it. Uh, speaking of qualifying though, uh, there was more kerfuff- there was more kerfuffling of sorts on. 
uh, in Q1. Um, I'm sure you saw the traffic issues that were in Q1 around. It was a bit ridiculous. It was a sergeant going around for his lap. And like yeah. six or seven cars pulled off. It was very, it was sketchy stuff. Uh, Alonso has reiterated um, the whole qualifying format of Formula 1. And he says it needs a tweak. He says it's the current qualifying system is obsolete now. And the only viable solution is a single lap system. Which he's been, this has been Alonso's point for all year. Is that we should go back to one shot qualifying. And in a sense, I kind of, with what the reasoning he pushed... I actually think he's right on some in some regards uh, because, first of all, the drivers unanimously decide, I'm reading from Motorsport.com uh, and Jonathan Noble, the drivers unanimously, just, or sorry, Matt Q, um, the drivers unanimously vote to scrap the usual maximum uh, lap time procedure for qualifying. So there is hmm. that immediately. But, because so everyone's driving unnecessarily slow. This is what Alonso had to say on the whole thing. Uh, whatever the FIA do, we will find a, to, a way to sail that kind of rule. They have a very difficult job in terms of managing traffic on street circuits and things like that. Uh, I've said many times that the, there is only one way to find a solution, which is single lap qualifying. All the other solutions we can test, but will never work because we will always find a way to basically go around it. I think this qualifying format is obsolete. It's been the same for the last 20, 25 years. <laughs> Exaggeration. But the cars are not the same. We have hybrid engines. We have to charge the battery. We have to cool the tires. So the only way to go forward is one lap. <laughs> but, he's, but he's right in the sense that yeah. the, this whole charging malarkey didn't exist when the for, this forearm was introduced. Now, it, like it's in a sense, he, I see what his point is because it's it's no longer exactly fit for purpose, and we've seen plenty of uh, problems with this format now, especially more so in Q one, of course. Yeah, but um, yeah, I don't know. It you, you could go a few ways about it, but uh, yeah, I also want you want to use that to reiterate his uh, his uh, stance on uh, one shot qualifying, which he wants to do. But anyway, uh, an off weekend for Aston Martin. I'm concerned for them going forward. Uh, Japan will be an interesting uh, an interesting track to see where they really are because. This could be a bit of a... This last part of the season, as good as the first part was, this last part may drag a little bit now. We'll see where Alpine are. We'll see where Aston are at Japan. But yeah, I'm a little bit concerned for where their pace is now. Same. I've also got a little fun game for you. Oh, hit me. So how many times has Lance Stroll finished above seventh this year? Above seventh? That includes seventh, sorry. Oh, seventh or above. Seventh and above. Um, I know he did so. I think it's twice because he did it at Bahrain. I think he did it at Spain. He did. Is that all? So he's, he's done it four times. He's, he's finished in the top seven four times? So he's finished sixth at Bahrain and Spain. Finished yeah. seventh in Azerbaijan. And then he finished fourth in Australia. <laughs> Oh right, yeah, Australia. Yeah. Wow, what a fraud result that is. <laughs> so, out of the fifteen races, he's finished his above seven. Wow, four fucking times. That's quite remarkable. I have to say that is quite something. Um, the majority of his points this season came at Australia. A race where we should might add he would be shafted if they not had the red flag. Obviously, Alonso too. Of course, we must not forget. Uh, to to be fair, of course, but he went he went off uh, at the restart and would have been, been absolutely last. 
but uh, yep. the red flag came back, saved uh, Aston Martin heavily that day. <laughs> it really did. Oh, dear. Uh, anyway, so yeah, an uncharacteristic weekend for Alonso and Aston Martin kind of reeling a little bit now, so we'll have to see. We'll have to see where they go from here, but I'm fascinated to see how they approach this. But anyway, yeah, that's them. Uh, loser weekend, Yuki Tsunoda. Right, there's a lot to say here. Uh, with Yuki Tsunoda, I'd like to lead this one. Shafted, of course, in Italy. Um, reliability meant he didn't get to start the race. His teammate finished 11th. I think, didn't we, just going back briefly, we both agreed, didn't we, that if uh, Snowden had taken that race, he would have finished in the points. Yeah. We both agreed with that. Uh, we both agree. I think we both agreed that Snowden would have got ahead of his teammate Liam Lawson to Q3 had things worked out in qualifying. Um, if A hadn't been impeded in the first his first run, his second run... Mid-lap, mid-corner, uh, he was interrupted by his race engineer to over the radio to tell him an offset balance change that he had already made down that straight. And Snowden locked up and then went off. Um, and that was his. And that was him out of Q3. And he was disappointed because he said there was a real potential in the car. He was very... He said the, the pace of the car was really strong. He absolutely would have been through to Q3. I have absolutely no doubt about that. That car was well quick enough for Q3. So they would have... And he, like, what was he? Like, he was like top five in Q2. Yeah. Like, he had a very good. He was fastest in Q3, in Q1. That's right. Yeah. That's what, yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Sorry. He, he, no, not Q2, of course. He'll knock down Q2. Uh, but, like, so the, the pace was in the car. Obviously, there's track evolution at the end of Q1 there, but the pace was definitely in the car. Uh, it was so weird. Like, both straights, like, the, was it, is it Raffles Boulevard, they call it? Uh, yeah. And the second, uh, the second or third DRS straight, rather. Um, he made offset changes and both times on the radio, after he'd made them, his race engineer told him to make those changes. But literally mid-corner as he was braking, the, the voice came over the radio. You do not want to be interrupted at any stage over your um, your flying lap. Absolute no-no. No. If you're going to do it, do it on a straight. But you know what I mean. Either on a straight or not at all. If the, if the, if the change is absolutely vital, then then do it but yeah he'd already call, made call the change yeah so but like he was furious he was he was absolutely was his head was going mad in the car like you could tell that he's like he like on the way back into the pits uh he shouted on the radio when it happened he was basically almost punching the steering wheel like he was very much articulating his anger uh when they when he was being wheeled back into the garage uh, he was furious, so that so that didn't go his way, and obviously he got shafted by Red Bull, of course, as well in qualifying. Then the race comes, and then turn th- four, he gets twatted by um, Perez on the rear, and that ends his race. That ends his race right there and then. Perez going down the inside of a gap that was a bit optimistic, I thought, uh, but that's it. Race over immediately, and in, in these t- in these two races. Lawson's finished 11th and 9th and he's had clean races like it's no fault of Lawson's but Sonoma's been absolutely shaft in the process and I, I again I believe with the pace of the car and the pace of Yuki that he could have definitely been in a, easily been a, in a points paying position himself Yeah, and it's just annoying how this narrative is how like this whole Lawson like everyone gasming over Lawson in the car when Sonoma's been shafted two weeks in a row it's just, oh yeah no it's i think it's just lawson getting the praise he deserves but at the same time it should also be thought of for the fact of he's been absolutely ruined by red bull <laughs> this week yeah i'm annoyed that lawson's getting this fanfare where snowden's being shafted and this, yeah. their whole the rumors no, are no. the whole rumors are of lawson replacing snowden now are 
infuriating to me. Um, and we haven't had a, like, yeah, Lawson's done a good job, but we've, like, in a sense, we've nothing to compare it to because the, the only direct measure is your teammate. Two of the three races, yeah. his teammate's been not even taken part in the Grand Prix. For all intents and purposes, he's not raced in two, those two races. He, lap, like, uh, didn't even get to the end of lap one, didn't even get to the start in, in Monza. It, it's just really annoying. Yeah, I know, I know exactly what you mean. Um, it will be completely cruel if Sonoda gets dropped. Completely cruel. Yeah, it's it's really annoying. And the whole, the, this whole Lawson thing, I just want to um, just go back to this for a second. I don't want, yeah, like, opportun- you said opportunity earlier. That's all this is. Because I think Lawson, he finished, let's just, if you rewind this back, he finished one point ahead of Sargent in F3 for third. He didn't win a single feature race at all. In F three, in F two, not a single one in two years. He won a few sprint races, fair play. Didn't win a single feature race, and we've got the likes of Djokovic and Porcher on the sidelines, who finished ahead of him in his last F two season last year. Djokovic absolutely trounced the field. Can't get a look in. Porcher can't get a look in. It's just opportunity. Like like, I don't think Lawson is especially. I don't think he's an especially top-end driver, but he's got the opportunity. He's done well the opportunity he's got, but it, that's all this is. Oh, yeah. It's just opportunity. And it pisses me off that the likes of Djokovic and Portier can't get a look in. Um, doing shot himself in the foot, to be fair, moving to Alp- the Alpine Academy. Uh, I, I don't know, because we've been talking about doing replacing yeah. Snyder at this point. But. It's just like, I, I don't I don't buy the loss and hype because nothing in the junior category showed that he's this kind of driver. And people think that yeah, he is, no. and he's not. No, I, I completely agree. I'm just giving him credit for doing a good race. He did, like, he's done two. Race. He's done three good races. Like yeah, Zan- considering what Zan- he's been chucked into. Yeah, I, I, I'll give him a pat on the back. I'm perfectly fine with him coming into the sport because some drivers just tend to do better with certain cars, which is fair enough. It, it happens all the time. You see it in different series where someone moves up, and you're just like, "Well, they're doing it," and then that work out to be really good. Um, just look at. Ooh, good example of this. <laughs> Thinking of this now, <laughs> I don't know, but there has been there has been examples in the past. Um, but I, I don't think it should be at the expense of UK, regardless. Yeah, if you want to have a conversation about Ricardo and Lawson, that's fine. Like that's yeah, no, that should be the fi- conversation. That should be it. Like it should be a shootout between those two. And, uh, uh, and it, I, I do. I go on. It may end up. It may end up becoming that in the end. But this whole. He should be in over Yuki, who's had a good season. And as we've talked about multiple times this season, has been either shafted with P11s or some other... Like, Yuki's driven like very well more often than he hasn't. Uh, it's just... It's annoying this, this this whole situation is taking place. But anyway. The, yeah, I, I do think if Ricardo doesn't show up then in the last few races when he comes back, then it's... But that's even that's gone. unfair in a sense because, like... It's like he's coming off a broken hand. That's that's a that's a difficult injury to come back from. I know, I know. But if Lance Stroll can do it, then anybody can. Yeah, I guess that's a fair that's a fair point. No, I mean it's it's one of them where you sort of got to be like, right, you give him a bit of a pinch of salt, and if he's in within a certain window, okay, that's fine. But again, Not expecting we, him to do miracles. Again, we've but, lost that reference completely now because we've nothing to like. We can't compare loss uh, Ricardo and loss in a sense because. Now, we, like, because the whole the one Yarsek you could actually use is is out of this equation because Yuki's not racing two of these races. Yeah. So it's just it's going to be all on Japan. Yeah, basically. If and that's that's even if Lawson drives because Ricardo he is going to drive. It's been confirmed. Has I don't think that's been confirmed yet. Yeah? The, the 
literally. Like the Alphatari Seer. As in, like, in the last, last hour? Last hour, since we started recording. Okay, okay. Because that, was, yeah, that wasn't the case before. Yeah, Peter Bayer, or whatever his name is. Yeah. Okay, and then, then that's going to be it, then. That's that last uh, last the, chance the for last a reference. Show. Yeah. Anyway, um, what's that rant over it with, anyways? Uh, losing, uh, Battery Bottas, less said there, the better, really. Uh, he basically, he basically given up on Saturday, and then a gearbox or hydraulics issue then put his race out on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, Sergeant actually, here's the thing, Logan I thought had a decent race other than hitting the wall. Yeah. His pace is actually very good at the end of the race. But, uh, it's, well, it should be, considering he's sort of got saved a little bit, but. Yeah, but yeah. So unfortunately, he clattered the wall, so that was unfortunate for him. Um, and that's about it. There, there's, 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 there's your race, really. Uh, that's really it. Uh, race rating out of 10. Solid eight and a half. I was had nine. It was just it was intense. It wasn't good for racing, like overtakes, but it was a different kind of good F one race. Yeah, obviously the hype at the, the suspense at the end was there. Whew. Yes, was, was big. Not, not a very, very happy boy. Hmm. <laughs> it was not great, but <laughs> it worked out well. Yeah, yeah. It was obviously, if, look, three teams, four cars in the mix. Oh, it's about, oh, that's more than what you could ask for, really, isn't it? At the end of the day. Yeah, like two would be great. Three is a bonus. Four is just even, even better. So there really you go. Uh, so uh, yeah, actually, very quickly, we'll uh, we'll preview Japan. Obviously, heading in this week. Uh, last year, I want to try and do more a thing for the preview, these preview races, kind of a throwback to last year, uh, what went on, and these kind of things. Uh, last year's Japanese Grand Prix, of course, was a very interesting one. We only got basically half a race with the wet conditions. Uh, obviously, quite contentious with the whole track, uh, the tractor on the the track thing and ghastly, and obviously the aquaplaning. It was kind of when the wet weather tire was, I think, for the first time properly exposed for what it is—a yeah. ship, an absolute ship product. Um, we got 28 laps in the end. It was a pretty entertaining 28 laps, I will say. Um, and Verstappen won the championship in weird circumstances then. So, uh, had a Perez and Leclerc round at the podium with their last lap scrap uh, between uh, Leclerc and Perez, right up to the line. With I think Perez, uh, Leclerc copped a penalty in the end for uh, staying on the track or forcing Perez off the track. And uh, Alcon did a great defensive drive against uh, Hamilton for fourth. He did. Yes. And there's one of the few races. Sebastian Vettel showed up at in 2022, and he's going to be showing up again this weekend to plant some B uh, B hotels. They're called. I had a term one. He's planting okay. one for every team and himself. Lovely. So Vettel will be in attendance uh, as he was uh, at this race last year. <laughs> oh yeah, remember that he just uh, we, in the in the most amazing battle we missed on the F1 World Feed, he just kept Alonso behind at the end. He did, yes. Yeah, there was that, and Latifi scored points okay. for the last time, and deserved actually deserved it that day too. Yeah. Anyway, that was last year's Japanese Grand Prix. This year's Japanese Grand Prix, we're going to see for real this time what, if anything, this technical rectif is hurt Red Bull at all, or if it hurts others in comparison, Red Bull again get uh, further away because of it. So I guess we'll find out. Uh, we'll find out what kind of what response they have. Uh, Verstappen's words were basically, we'll let them have this one uh, for Singapore. We'll see what happens in uh, in Japan. The angle, the, the I think what hinges on this weekend is a little bit to do with that, yeah. McLaren 
McLaren are the ones I'm watching here as ones that they could be contending for victory here. We know they go well at high speed stuff. They've been bringing on upgrades. They're less draggy than they were earlier in the year. I think they stand a really good chance at a double podium, maybe even a race win, depending how some things shake out. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it'd be a good shout. It'd be an interesting watch for sure at 6am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Yeah, they're going to be fascinating to watch. Obviously, Piastri gets the upgrades that Norris had at Singapore. Uh, I I think they're 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 going to be ones to watch. They're going to they're going to be that car is going to fly around this track. It's going to be so I much hope fun. So. I hope so. So I think between them and Mercedes can have some have some similar characteristics of the McLaren as well. They should be targeting big uh, big points this weekend again. Those two teams are going to be fascinating to watch compared to where Red Bull are because. We saw him at Silverstone. Verstappen didn't piss away from the field by any means at Silverstone. No, he didn't. That's the thing. And he had to work for it. He did. He certainly did. Obviously, he had to, re- had to overtake Norris, obviously, of course, from the start. So, yeah, I think very much McLaren and Mercedes could be in play. At least one of those teams, I think, will be in play. McLaren will be one I'd wager more money on. But they're yeah, going to be I'm, fascinating to watch. Oh, yeah, I'm going to completely right for out of this yeah it wouldn't be a track Just i think away. they would uh, particularly excel at we'll see they'll do all right in qualifying i think but like i say i think the tires will just die in the race like they normally do so unless they found something which would be interesting well i was going to say they certainly found some confidence in these last few races like would you have said they would have gone so well at monza maybe but i mean i don't know well if it, the monza race is taken out of context because they literally did everything to suit the track to please the diversity but New engines, of course, as well, yeah. New engines, bodywork specifically designed for that. They spent a lot of body on that spec monster spec car mm. that people don't realise to make that work. I would agree so. in the sense that I would expect expect Ferrari to take a little bit of a step back compared to maybe a McLaren or a Mercedes. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm fully expecting them to be fourth, if anything. Mm. Aston range. But I'm interested to see the response from uh, Russell for a start obviously after that last lap calamity uh, Science obviously uh, just in terms of what he can do against Leclerc who I could do, I think could do the good weekend uh, for him for his confidence I think after a few few rough not rough ones but just just to get, just to feel like the man again do you know what I mean just to feel like like top the dog guy. yeah so that man just sort of shifted in the last couple of weeks yeah it's, it's felt like that hasn't it weird it's for the guy that I said didn't exist for most of the season yeah, it's yeah. weird. <laughs> I'm fascinated to see uh, Alpine versus Aston. I think this could be a fun storyline for the I, weekend. I think you throw Williams into that mix here. Ooh. I, I want to say, well, I say Williams, Albon, into that mix here. Just purely because if that Williams is in front of them, they ain't getting past. Not a chance. If that car can work even half decently in Sector 1, they're in good shape. Yeah. That's what I mean. It's, I think that that will uh, nice voice crack. Um, <laughs> will open will open up a bunch of opportunities for Williams. So it'll probably scrape a point. I don't think they'll be able to hold on to the the Alpines and the Astons for the full race or Aston and probably Alpine because one of them always both of the one both of them teams always end up with one car in there. Um, yeah, I, I I do see Albon picking up the points here. Interesting, but then again. It's Yuki's home turf, so then I'm like, do I want to chuck Yuki into the mix here? Yeah, like we have to see because like 
most teams brought some big updates to Singapore. Avatar being sure. included, unless it has, yeah. But Avatar included, I guess we'll have to see where they filter out into things here because they could be in the mix again here. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say they will be at least like 11th, 12th, anyway, in that in that bracket. But the back is going to be Haas. They're going to be nowhere here. They're, they're going to surely be absolutely crucified because of the tyres. They have to be. Yeah, I don't think this may not. This may Insane not. Suit one them. is going to kill them so much. They could qualify really, well, but the race. Oh yeah, no, I think I think that it'll be similar to the story to Ferrari, just on a worse scale. Mm-hmm. It's basically what it is. If Ferrari don't do well, then Haas don't do well. I wonder why that is. Uh, yeah, funny that. I mean, oh, I, didn't, I didn't work at Monza though. To be fair. <laughs> no, it didn't. It didn't. Alfa Romeo were optimistic that they could have a decent, they could have a decent package here with the updates they brought to Singapore that maybe more suit, uh, more suit Suzuka. So I mean, it is going to be interesting to see how this all shakes down because we could look at a bit of a jumbled up field here, so to speak. Yeah, I was going to say we could have all all twenty cars within a second here, if not even less. This is, would would be crazy. That would be crazy. It would be. I also obviously want to see how this. It's one week of this loss in Sonoda thing, a proper representative of what I where Red things Bull are be, yeah. between they Red Bull could certainly do with that. Because they don't want to I don't think they need to judge Lawson's performances and Yuki's performances off two fucking races where Yuki didn't know didn't even get to do one lap between the two races. Mm. <laughs> he got to do half a sector. <laughs> By which the way, is ridiculous. I know, it's so stupid. Uh, by the way, no penalty for press, not even an investigation, nothing for that. I wonder why that is. But like you shouldn't need like you should, the F one can yeah, just yeah no, there needs to be a there needs to be a rule where that doesn't matter if you're affiliated with the team it shouldn't they, like it like F one has enough to make decisions on their own they just didn't like the stewards were absolutely shocking this weekend yeah they were not good uh, the AMR safety team would be better no <laughs> uh, yeah so like there's there's a lot there's a lot of intri- I'm intrigued is the word I would use for this race weekend there's a lot to decide up from first all the way down to last I'm fascinated to see how this all shakes down. And plus, it's one of the driver's favorite tracks. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a real private track. Absolutely love it. Even though the racing, <laughs> it's never been brilliant because it's quite a narrow track, isn't it? It is quite In a narrow track. To a, mo- a modern day track, so it's very hard to overtake, especially. Well, maybe not. I don't know. It was good last year, but that was because of the mid conditions and the ability to follow but obviously that's sort of changed a bit this year with the increase in inability to follow yeah so, that's a mouthful mm. uh to do anything else you'd like to add in this race or should we hop straight to predict- prediction i think this? we should hop straight into it quite, quite a bit though actually yeah right uh Are you going for it i, I want to you could you could tell uh, i think you should i think you should either go one or that's not a Red Bull anyway. Yeah, I'm doing a Lando Norris. It's time. I think they stand okay. a good chance. I'm going the opposite end of the spectrum. How opposite? I'm going to be bold here and do something completely, completely not. I've not done this season before. You're going to back a Mercedes, are you? Max Verstappen. <laughs> you absolutely. I, I was going to do Alonso. I was going to do Alonso, and I was like, no, logic. Use your logic here. I just think Max will win. I think Max will finish second. I think Piastri will run at the podium. I'm going to go Lewis Lando. Okay. 
Uh, I had Hamilton fourth and Russell in. F- oh, yeah, I'll put Russell fifth. Yeah. I'll go George Sainz. I'll stick Sainz sixth. I have Alonso. I'll put Piastri in sixth. Hmm. Then look, look. I'm I'm backing the, the McLaren upset here. I think this is. No, I, I'm fully on board with that. Yeah. I didn't even mention yeah, Perez. Yeah. Oh well. Oh well. <laughs> That's all I needed there. Uh, oh, I, I wonder if we're going to get a considering they could wrap up the constructors. Uh, is, they've got well, they've got another. They've got another two. Uh, no, they've got another one livery to run. Special livery to run in Vegas this year. They do. Yeah. Oh, sorry, two. No, sorry, they have kosher, of course. It's got USA. Yeah, I, I wonder if there were like some mini tribute to Honda on it, considering. I mean, if they they have done that already. Well, they didn't get to do it properly last time, did they? So. No, but I guess they could have done it last year as well. Yeah. Do you think they wrap up the constructors? Yes or no? Uh, I don't know what the permutations are as we record this. I'm going to say no. Based uh, off what I predicted, because it would make no logical sense. If you want, even you could even do the tossing up as I talk about some. Uh, I want to talk about some Freca. I want to talk some IndyCar very quickly at the end to end here. Okay. Um, if you want to whip, if you, if you have capabilities to whip out the math, the quick maths uh, when it comes to uh, comes to if Red Bull can win the constructors. Uh, what they what do they? Uh, I don't know what the, there's a graphic on F1 about what they need for Singapore, but I imagine there'll be a lot less now for for Japan. Uh, anyway, maybe you could do that. But I'll talk about Freca real quickly. There was they had a double action at uh, Monza this weekend. Uh, their season's beginning to wind down a little bit now. Uh, it was a good weekend for Andrea Kimi Antonelli, who initially won the first race, then got a penalty that saw him go off of it. Uh, Martini Stenchorn, his nearest title competitor there, had a rough qualifying and then somehow managed to finish third on the po- uh, on the podium uh, for race one. It was a pretty mad race. There was a lot of accidents. Uh, Rafael Kamara, his Ferrari junior, dropped out of the equation as well. It was a pretty nutty race. Uh, Stenchorn made some good passes, to be fair. Uh, and then... But then couldn't follow up with the qualifying in race two, and that put him out of position. He got he went too deep into turn two on that one. That put him out of the race. Antonelli won said race, so now he's got a comfortable. Uh, he's got a oh gosh, my math is so bad. Uh, two, he's got a forty-three point lead now. Has Antonelli over Stenshorn with how many rounds left? They don't have many. Uh, they have Hockenheim. And they have Zandvoort. So four races to go, 40-point lead. Antonelli's been extremely consistent. He's qualified extremely well. I suspect he'll be able to carry that now. He should be able to see this one out. But uh, it's been fun watching Antonelli and Stenshorn through the season. But yeah, this is the, between Austria, so a little bit of Austria, but mostly this weekend in Monza, uh, kind of, it has very much shifted towards Antonelli. We still don't know fully if... He's making the jump straight to F2. I imagine if he carries on like this, he might, but I still think that would be Ooh. an interesting one. But um, yeah, but it could be going for Antonelli. Uh, Tramlet is in there, thereabouts as well with Stenshorn. But I want the drivers I want now to be going up to F3 uh, Antonelli, Stenshorn, Tramnitz, Kamara, Kaz have a course. Uh, it's time, I think, for that to be happening. <laughs> so I have. Have you crunched the um, numbers? So, I basically ended up Googling what Rebel needed to win it in Singapore. They needed to lead the constructors by 300 points in Singapore. So, going into 
Suzuka, they need to lead it by 309. They're currently 310 ahead. Oh, okay. So finish ahead, Mercedes, and that's it. Yeah, that's it. Okay, yeah, they're they're getting it done then. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Thank you for that. And I'll so that we can get that out of the way. Um, they'll get that done, and then Verstappen should follow suit. Uh, what's he leading by currently? He's leading by one fifty one. Is his current yeah, margin? They will get done in Qatar. Like I, like I said, it would. And I, I had Kota, I think, but yeah, Qatar looks like it's happening at this stage. Cool. Very good. Uh, I also want to talk very quickly IndyCar because, um, Pato, we talked, we mentioned last week that uh, if Pato awarded God's super license because he was on the edge and needed results to go his way because of a, not a loophole, but because the, because of COVID, uh, super license points, you could take the best three out of four years. And because of that, because award basically gets to ex- discount a seventh in the IndyCar standings, he gets to use a fourth, a third, a fourth, and a fourth. He lost out to McLaughlin in the last the last race this this season for third, yeah, but did. did overtake Newgarden. So he basically stayed where he was essentially, but lost out to, to McLaughlin as a result. Uh, doesn't matter. That's still enough because of this COVID thing uh, with the super license. He has enough super license points. So he will get to do an Abu Dhabi practice FP1, and he will he will be named reserve driver uh, essentially now well, for McLaren. Pelot did, did not show up. Yeah, Singapore as expected. So there's that. I also have an image of what the top. There's a screen. The race did an article about this. I have the top five points for super license. How it breaks down for the top five. Okay. So for F, so for, so just to, for for a reference here, uh, you need forty. You need forty in total. Um, you get forty automatically for first, second, or third in F two. That's yeah, that in that's immediate. In uh, in fourth place or F two is thirty points. Fifth place is twenty. So that's that has that's how that breaks down. We also know for F three, you get a decent amount of points for the win. So we talked about we've talked about like Behrman and Martins they said a lot this year for this kind of thing. Um, for F three, you get thirty for winning the title, twenty five for second, twenty for third, fifteen for fourth, and twelve for fifth. Uh, if you okay. want to, if you want to throw in another racing category in uh, WEC uh, World Endurance Championship, they get thirty for first, twenty four for second, tw- uh, twenty for third, sixteen for fourth, twelve for fifth. Uh, Formula E, I believe, has a similar or close enough breakdown to this as well. Okay. Uh, now, IndyCar, okay. It's they, very low, I know that. They get 40 for first, okay, 30 for second, 20 for third, 10 for fourth, 8 for fifth. Jeez, that's a bit weird. That's bad. So... For reference, F for you get twelve in F three. So, <clears throat> so this is the so I want to throw this to you, right? So I'm going to bring up the IndyCar standings, and I'm going to throw up the F three standings, right? And we're going to compare okay. <laughs> compare the two. So you know, on an equal level. Okay, so Joseph Newgarden finished fifth in the standings, right, in IndyCar this year. He earns less super license points than Pepe Marti. I was going to say, is it Pepe Marti? In Formula 3 this year, yeah. Deserved, Lisa. So, 
Isn't that that's mad? Uh, previous examples of this: Roman Stanek finished fifth last year in F three, uh, back in twenty twenty one. It was Martins. That's a little bit more respectable now, to be fair. Uh, Liam Lawson in twenty twenty for F three. Uh, yeah. Oh dear God! In twenty nineteen, um, there was a PK that finished fifth. P. P which PK is this? P PK. I don't know this one. Oh, Pedro Pico. Oh, dear. That's oh, that's bad. <laughs> so that's this caliber driver. Like, that, isn't that mad? That's that's terrible. That's an awful IndyCar point scoring system for a super license. That's terrible. Really bad. Anyway. Uh, but award is in. Uh, by the way, because Lawson now can't fulfill Red Bulls, I assume it would go to Iwasa? Yeah. Because now that he's... Because, of course, the, the the first race was basically like Lawson didn't actually do FP1 because Ricardo was still there. By the time you complete his second race, by which you qualify, you can only, do, for you the criteria that you qualify is you got two or less Grand Prix. He's only done one practice session. So they're going to have yeah. to get, uh, yeah, they're going to have to get, no, uh, Nick De, no, actually, Defries is, oh, does Defries count? No, because he's done a race. He's he done under two, though. So they're fine, but Red Bull are not because Lawson would have stepped in for those, but now he he, he doesn't qualify. So I assume it's yeah, going to be, be a Wasser. No, it'll be a Wasser. Uh, assuming he's got the super license points, which I actually, actually we got. I actually don't know if Wait. he has. He should do. Uh, what did he finish last year in F? Oh, he was he's in F two two seasons, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, let me quickly do this. <laughs> Uh, he's third at the moment, but the super season's not over, so he's got he had a fifth place from twenty twenty one, and I I don't, I don't know if he has a super license. Yeah, probably not then, because he wasn't any particular he wasn't any particularly mad either for F three. Well, I mean, they could chuck Vips in. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that will be happening. No, it'd he, have to be someone else. He'd have to finish 12th in uh, 2021 in Formula 3. So I don't think he... No, I, uh, he's not got a super license. There's no way. Yeah, I don't know then. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Um, I mean, do they borrow Mick Schumacher? No, that's not going to work. <laughs> Imagine, no, that. Imagine, Imagine that conversation. I'd be doing them, wouldn't it? I don't know who they're going to get. They're going to have to get some, two, uh, someone in to do two sessions. Yeah between now and Abu Dhabi so yeah that should be that'll be interesting so yeah I'm looking forward to seeing who that is um, I have nothing else here to add I think that's about, that's about a lot yeah I think it is yeah so unless you've anything else to add that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Switchback Formula 1 podcast I've been Graham I've been the number one Alfa Romeo fan sports uh, Alfa Romeo t-shirt today for the reverse psychology that cool <laughs> you thought you wanted, wanted a, a, a Valtteri Bottas victory next, next week no Definitely not. Uh, and uh, well, we'll, we'll see. And we we'll see you bright and early uh, next week in the land of the rising sun. Mm. Goodbye. Goodbye.